0: The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What's going on? It's the Hoop Ball Clippers Podcast. We took a couple of weeks off. I know I said I was gonna be back the weekend after the Clippers either somehow were able to force a game seven. Or to do a season recap and you know what we decided to take a week or two off Justin Wilson back on the show LA Clippers film we wanted to kind of take some time soak it all in you know and uh, and by soak it all in obviously the misery and losing and just not go off the emotional roller coaster that we were on so Justin uh, first of all what's up man how are you
1: I'm great I'm great thank you for having me on um the emotional roller coaster was a uh, well put uh, it certainly was and I think anybody involved in the um in that clipper playoff run probably needed like a week or two to um to detox you know because yeah I mean basically since game, two or game three against dallas they have been playing like single game elimination so like it's it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot and i found myself um incredibly like exhausted (laughs) even though i didn't play once the season was over i was like man i need to like step away um for a bit but it's good to be back on
0: yeah man a lot of basketball i can honestly say that i've probably watched a grand total of about 20 minutes of the nba finals (laughs) <laughs> um, it's just one of those things where I was taking up the TV every single night, every other night. Um, so, getting some time back with the wife and watching shows and all that kind of stuff and spending time with the little one. It's just, it was a grind. It, it was a big time grind. And uh, we'll talk about the season that was and we'll go into some off season stuff. I think we'll do more of an off season pod um, in a couple of weeks, go more in details on contracts and stuff, but we'll touch it. Uh, But I do want to start with the more recent stuff uh, before we get into the actual season that was where the Clippers ended up losing before getting to the NBA Finals. Three assistant coaches for the Los Angeles Clippers as of now are rumored to be gone or already gone. Chauncey Billups, the head coach in Portland, Roy Rogers going to be an assistant coach under Chauncey Billups and Kenny Atkinson, I believe, is supposed to leave for a Golden State Uh, if memory serves me correctly. So that's three assistant coaches under Ty Lue that are gone. Billups, of course, credited for the development of Paul George as a point guard. Roy Rogers, um, credited for the work that he's done with Zoo. And Kenny Atkinson in player development. And of course, we know what Terrence Mann meant to the Clippers this season. So three very important pieces to the Clippers coaching staff that are gone. Normally, Justin, you're able to... Just go and find someone that's been sitting on the sidelines. I mean, I know Steve Nash went and found Mike D'Antoni, for example. There are head coaches, Mike Woodson. um, Lots of head coaches that are not getting jobs that used to be in the NBA, whether they are now going to be lead assistants or something like that. So normally you're able to find someone to fill the void when you lose assistant coaches. Before we get into the actual assistants themselves, what's the level of concern for you here? Because I've seen some stuff on Twitter where you see three coaches leaving—that is a lot. I know it. There are times when you poach the winning team, quote unquote, but the Clippers didn't even make the finals. And in this case, there is the Kawhi question, which we don't think is much of a question, but it is a little concerning. So, where are you in level of concern with three assistant coaches leaving in one off season? Um, I'd say I'm not too concerned, but um, you know.
1: Um, a talent drain on your uh on your coaching staff is never good but it's also a um signifier that your program has um something good there and so um it'll be interesting to see who tyloo chooses to fill those voids but make no mistake about it guys like chauncey and roy and um, Kenny Atkinson their their fingerprints were all over this team as far as like Paul George's development, Zoos' development, obviously Terrence Mann's development. Um they the players themselves um credit the coaching staff for their development. So, um you know, and they've been instrumental in creating this clipper culture. And any time you start to pick away at at um at at a culture and try and replace guys with other coaches and things like that. It can be pretty dicey. So um, chemistry is an incredibly delicate thing. And the Clippers created something good with their coaching staff, and they're going to have to be careful with who they choose to replace these coaches with. But I have faith in Ty. I have faith in the front office that um, they they're very good at identifying talent on and off the floor. And I don't think that'll stop. I, I think there are some pretty viable candidates out there. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to dig really deeply into that, but I'm sure um, Lawrence Frank will, 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 will come up with a, great, with a great list. And Ty has great relationships all throughout the league. So um, I'm not too concerned, but it's unfortunate because the Clippers did create something really, really special.
0: It's funny you bring up a certain name right there. and name is Lawrence Frank. Have you gotten a chance to text your buddy? Because I, I saw that tweet you posted on Twitter, <laughs> oh where you and Lawrence Frank apparently are twi- are uh, texting buddies. So have you got a chance to text him and find out what's going on? Uh, um,
1: not not a, not exactly, not exactly. I got in, I got kind of in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, Mr. Frank is great people, and um, I'm confident that he'll lead us in the right direction this offseason.
0: Oh, look at you, man. Talk about a power move there. Seriously, I, I didn't realize that I was a co-host on this Hoopball Clippers podcast with a guy that's an absolute legend here with uh, the connections he's got. So, all right. <laughs> but I, I, I do want to talk about the uh, the assistance, though, man. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it, it – it, why would you want to leave – the Clippers, if you are someone like Roy Rogers, for example, to go to Portland, when you have a really good foundation in place, let's not kid ourselves, the Clippers are better than Portland. Why would you leave unless it's going to be for more money? I mean, if you're Kenny Atkinson, why would you leave to go to Golden State when the Clippers are, were a couple of wins away from the NBA Finals? That That's the part that scares me a little bit, Justin.
1: Um, that doesn't scare me. Um, a lot of times it comes down to opportunity and advancement within your career. And, um, with, with the, uh, the, well, not just opportunity, but opportunity and relationships. And Chauncey has a great relationship with Roy Rogers. And, um, there could be a greater role with more responsibility if he goes to Portland than staying with, um, with, with the Clippers and the same thing for um, someone like Kenny Atkinson, who is going to be the lead assistant for golden state. And um, I don't, he was, he was not the lead assistant for us here, you know? So um, when you are a coach in the NBA, um, those we often talk about how scarce NBA players are like, there's only like 470 of them or whatever, but there's even less, as far as like head coaches. Right. And so if your goal is to become a head coach, then you need to pounce on every single opportunity there is to advance your career. Um, and so I think oftentimes when you see coaches move, in that in that direction, it's no, it's more so because they are looking out for their best interest for their career. Um, it kind of doesn't have much to do with the Clippers as much as it's well, this is a better opportunity here. Um, I think I can have a better, a better, more stronger um, hold within the organization if I'm like in Golden State like Kenny or if I'm in Portland like Roy. So um, I think it's more of a reflection of their their opportunities being greater elsewhere than they are here. But that's also a credit to the Clippers because they've got, they had so much talent on the sidelines last year that guys who could have been like lead assistants were delegated to like player development and third and fourth assistants. So that's how strong the Clippers coaching staff was last year. If anything, um, these, uh, this talent drain of coaches is a reflection of that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. It it really makes sense. It's just, one of those things where when you have that many assistants leave, clearly there's going to be a bigger role for you if you stay. And it, you do make sense there with the Chauncey Roy Rogers connection. I don't know. The Kenny Atkinson thing feels a little weird. Um, but, I mean, he's going to be, I believe, the lead assistant under Steve Kerr. So he obviously will get a large role. It's just a little frustrating when you have a team that's so close to the title and it's their coaches feel like, yeah, now would be a good time to leave when they're so close to winning it, who do you think it's going to have the biggest impact on for the Clippers with these three guys leaving, with Billups, Atkinson, and Rogers, I mentioned the three guys in PG, Zoo, and T-Man that were obviously probably the main dudes that were impacted by those three. Who do you think will have the biggest impact um, on them with one of those coaches leaving? Um,
1: hmm. I'm going to say um probably Kenny
0: yeah um yeah that's that's what I that was my thought to with his impact in like, player development it,
1: and it's not just the young guys although he's the, he did a great job with like Amir Coffee he did a great job with Terrence Mann um the entire player development staff did a great job with the young guys but they also they, I mean, that doesn't stop there, right? Like, I, I'm sure he had his hands on Paul George. I'm sure he had his hands um, on like Kawhi, and I'm sure he had his hands on um, virtually every player on the team. And so, if you look at how great the Clippers performed, um, anytime you start to mess with the um, player development stuff, um, that definitely is something that um you want to keep an eye on. So, if I had to If I had to pick, it definitely would be Kenny.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, So now the question is, who fills those spots? Uh, I'm sure you're looking on Twitter just like I am, and you've watched a ton of basketball over the years. You know who's available, who's not available. Um, Any guys that pique your interest? I know before the Clippers filled their staff under Ty Lue, I know a guy like Dan Craig um, was someone that the Clippers had their eye on. He ended up getting hired by the Clippers. Anyone that really piques your interest?
1: Um, hmm. off the top of my head, like, oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, if you got I, nothing, that's okay. Um, has, nah, I, I, I got nothing. Yeah, I man. got, I, I got nothing. Um, and, and part of, and part of that is, um, not with, with with NBA coaches, a lot of stuff isn't publicized until deals are done. So it's hard to know who exactly is available. Um, I would love, there's one name that I do love and that's, um, Teresa Weatherspoon in new Orleans. Mm. Um, that's, that's someone who I think, um, has built great relationships with all of the players, um, with the Pelicans in terms of player development. And I think she'd be great as a player develop in our player development department with the Clippers. Um if there is one person, she's the first person that came to mind. Yeah,
0: that's a good shout. That's a really good shout. She was uh being named alongside Becky Hammond for a possible NBA job. And it doesn't look like, by the way, that either one of those are going to get um, an NBA head coaching job. I know people thought for sure with I think seven different vacancies that there would be one of those two that would get a head coaching job. But so far it doesn't seem that way, although I believe The Pelicans are the lone team that have not filled their uh, spot yet um, with the Magic filling their spot this morning. So uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's only one team left. Uh, Okay, let's talk about this team that nearly got to the NBA Finals. When you look at this roster um, for next year, you see that PG is under contract. Obviously, Kawhi has his player option. Marcus Morris is under contract. Pat Bev has one more year on his contract. Ibaka is a player option. Rondo's under contract. Zoo is under contract. Kennard, T-Man, Oturu, and Yogi Ferrell. And so that means guys like Batum, Reggie Jackson um, are both free agents. And of course you have the Kawhi thing. When you look at this roster, it really feels like there's not a lot of moves that you can make. It feels like this is one of those things where you bring everyone back and run it back and hope it works out. I mean, if you are the Clippers, you re-sign Kawhi, you hope he's healthy, you hopefully get Ibaka back, and hopefully he's healthy. It feels like if this team was healthy, they could have had a shot to get to the NBA Finals and win it all. What are your thoughts on the way the team is constructed and where we look at this team next year?
1: Um, I think whenever you have... As A ceiling as high as the Clippers And they almost reached it this year um, You'd be You'd be wise to do what you can To bring bring guys back um, I'm sure there'll be um, Moves along the margins As far as like shoring up The back end of the roster But like the top 8 or 9 of the rotation You definitely want to bring those guys back As um, at least as much As you can um, For me I think I I would I would be totally fine with that Um, you just I I came away this season incredibly impressed Um, coming into this year there was a question at least for me as far as like what do we have here is this a team that's capable of winning the NBA title is this a team worth investing in or Or are we doomed to hell because this team just doesn't have it? And I thought the run that they went on in the playoffs unequivocally answered that question. And it makes you feel good about who's on the roster as we move forward and who can be on the roster as we move forward. So, like, if you bring Nicholas Batum back, hopefully, if you bring Reggie Jackson back, hopefully – and, and obviously, if you bring Kawhi back, um, you have the skeleton in place to make another run towards the title next year. And I think that's the most important place to be in the NBA, right? Cause so much of what an NBA title is, it comes down to luck, right? As far as like injuries and matchups, like a lot of it's luck. So you want to be able to build your team to have a chance to take advantage of that luck and the Clippers have those things in place should they return everybody. And I think I'm optimistic that we will. And, um, I, I, for the most part i'd be happy with that I, I i i do like i do i would like them to get a little bit younger on the margins towards the back end of the roster and start um playing those guys a little bit more like seeing a little elevating amir coffee's role a little bit um no more like patrick patterson and demarcus cousins let's get some young blood in to help us Um, get through the season but other than that I do like our top eight and top nine and we should do everything possible to bring those guys back and if we do I think we're in great position to make
0: another deep run the one thing about this Clippers team is it feels like the window is very very small when you look at the ages of the guys on this roster yeah they're very old (laughs) yeah I mean you got obviously T-Man and Zoo are both 24 Luke Kennard is 25 and then you look at the guys that we normally talk about. PG's 31. Kawhi is 30. Marcus Morris is 31. Pat Bev is 32. Ibaka's is 31. Um, I'm not going to – Ron doesn't matter, but he's 35. Batum is 32. Reggie Jackson is 31. I mean, this is a really old team. So um, that according to basketball reference, by the way. So if someone's birthday happened, my apologies. So when you look at guys like Reggie Jackson and Nico Batum – those are probably the two biggest guys, the Clippers, I'm assuming, want to bring back. Batum had a really big role in what the Clippers did, um, especially in the postseason. And you and I have talked about the numbers on the floor with Batum and Team man Those guys had a great plus minus, and Batum clearly was injured um, in that last series because he didn't get a chance to play many minutes for most of the games. Reggie Jackson was honestly their best player at times and has developed into a premium scorer that you can't find very often, a guy that can get his buck in, it seemed like any time the shot clock was expiring, Reggie Jackson was able to create a shot for himself and make it. So how much money do you think we're looking? First, let's start at Reggie Jackson, because I think the Clippers can only give him nine mil per year, um, if my math is correct, um, or if my memory is correct, rather, because I believe Lucas Hahn, by the way, who's a good follow on Twitter, I think he, uh, he's pretty good with this stuff and the numbers, and I think that's what he said was nine mil per year. So, what do you think they're looking at with Reggie Jackson? The likelihood that they actually can keep him? Um, I think it's
1: a little more than that. Like, okay. if I was looking, if I, if my memory serves me correctly, I think it's like in the four-year, forty-five million-dollar range. Okay, so about eleven million or so. Yep. Yeah, something like that. Um, and the last, if you can get that down to like three instead of four, it'd be great. Yeah, um, but. You know, given his age, it probably is a bad contract. If because like nobody else is on the open market is going to be paying him that much. But you know, you do what you can to keep your guys. And you know, you that's it's when you're trying to compete for a title, quote unquote, bad contracts are par for the course. So um, I think the Clippers, if they if they can come to an agreement on the number of years. We'll be able to retain Reggie because I just think that you know you saw his post game presser. Um, We're all human. Yeah. Um. You know, I actually, oddly enough, I ran into Reggie like maybe like a week or two ago, um, and I was. Oh, look at
0: this guy! Look at this guy! He's got Lawrence Frank on speed dial, and he's running into Reggie Jackson. (laughs)
1: This true story, true story, and I, 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 tried to do my part to, um, to persuade him to uh, return. Oh my god! Look at you. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that um, I think will um, we can if. It's the number of years, and I, I I do think they'll find a place that both sides are comfortable on, and I, I think it'll be a pretty smooth negotiation because it seems like Reggie has found a home here. He's found a place here, and the Clippers need him. The Clippers need him. It's not like they'll be able to um, replace what he's able to bring. Um, I do wonder about some regression because the month of June is not who Reggie Jackson is as uh, much as I love him. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. He's not this good. And so he ended up being the third best player for the Clippers in their playoff run, which is kind of mildly concerning. Um, And and he is someone that um, shouldn't be relied upon as heavily as he was for the Clippers this year. And that's something that they're going to have to figure out. Perhaps there is a big time trade that we don't see. On the horizon from maybe like a Kyle Lowry or, or or something like that that can help in that regard. And we can kind of demote Reggie to like the six man role or something like that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I do think it's a, con, a mild concern how how heavily we relied on Reggie Jackson in deep playoff games. Um, that, that, that's a mild concern, but nevertheless, he is someone that has proven his worth to the organization. He's proven his worth on the floor and he is someone that the Clippers would be wise to, uh, bring back. He's also obviously Paul George's friend yep. and, and, you know, he had his best playoff run arguably of his career with reggie jackson beside him and so if paul george is better with reggie jackson that's another um reason why you bring reggie back
0: that's a great point point. and kyle lowry by the way 35 years old so that would add to the yes. uh, the, t- the team in wheelchairs over here um <laughs> w- <in> so <laughs> before we go further justin woznarowski um can you uh oh, ex- c- can you name the place that you saw reggie jackson and, and how that conversation went
1: yeah i mean I, it was roscoe's Roscoe's chicken and waffles oh, and nice. I was um, i was uh waiting I was waiting to get inside and here comes Reggie Jackson walking past them and so obviously I just went up to him had a short conversation, told him I appreciated uh what he done, what he did for the team, this postseason run. Um, he told me it was really fun and really exhausting. And, um,
0: you know, I said that we'd love to have
1: you back, bro. And he said, yeah, that's the plan. So we'll see what
0: happens. Oh, I love that. I love that. Did, did I tell you, by the way, that I ran into Ty Lue? Um, I don't know if I've ever said this, but if I've ever said this on the podcast, I think I have. So I was in Vegas um, many years ago when uh, Ty Lu was with the Clippers on Doc River Staff. And I said to him, Hey man, you coming back next year? And he said, no. I said, what? I'm where are you going? He said Cleveland. And, and this was a day before he announced that he was going to Cleveland to be under David Blatstaff. Cause I told him like, dude, you're one of my, you're my favorite Laker when you, uh, we're on the Lakers, and so I was talking to him very briefly. He was uh, in Vegas at the craps table, and I, I was like, oh, okay, look at that. I got I got this random news, and so I posted on Twitter thinking that I was cool, and then the next day he uh, ended up going to Cleveland. So that, that's, uh, my, <laughs> that's my big clipper encounter was that I got the news a day before uh, it actually leaked. So good times there. Um, Reggie Jackson, I have said time and time again on this pod and on Twitter, pay the man whatever he wants, bring him back. And that could be foolish as hell, like you said, because he clearly was not the guy that he was during June. But that being said, he was damn good during the regular season. Oh, absolutely. He, the shooting is very real. Yeah. And he was really important to what the Clippers did with the, hey, these guys are going to sit for this game. These guys will sit and then they'll be available and they know their role and they're okay sitting, but they're also okay playing 35 minutes a night. And I think that's important on a roster like this. So I think that you bring Reggie Jackson back at whatever it takes. I understand the contract will be criticized just like Luke Kennard's was. And by the way, if Luke Kennard can play like he did during the playoff run towards the end of it. Luke Kennard going to be worth his contract. He, he very much will be worth it. He's making 12.7 next year. If he can become a rotation player and have that confidence that he showed towards the end of that postseason run, then the, the Clippers should be okay. So I understand you're going to pay him a couple extra million than other people would. But listen, there are teams out there that probably would pay Reggie Jackson 15 million a year. I mean, if the Clippers would pay Luke Kennard what they did, I could very well see Reggie Jackson getting sixteen million dollars a year, but it just feels like towards the end of his co- um his end of a career, I don't think he goes for the extra four million or so. Do do you think that he would, or do you think that he would take the uh, the hometown discount?
1: Um, I don't think I don't think any player. I mean, I don't think any if the if the difference is like millions upon millions of dollars, yeah, I don't think there is a hometown discount in okay. play, and a player would and probably should go where the money goes, you know you only have a finite amount of time to make like this much obscene amount of money, so um yeah, but it, i i total i the thing with me when it comes to Reggie is that like his age kind of limit who his potential suitors would be. And I'm having a hard time finding the team that's going to pay him more than what the Clippers are going to. Um, It's more, it's more so about the years. And so if the Clippers give him that like four years of security, I think that'll be enough. It's the years, not necessarily the money because I Think you can find a team or two that'll willing that is willing to pay like Reggie like 14 15 a year, yeah, but for one year, you know what I mean? Like okay. for that one year, um, but like four years, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that. And if the Clippers come correct in that regard, then I think we'll be safe.
0: Let's take a quick break to talk about our friends over at my bookie. You've heard me talk about them before, they are truly the best spot for your gambling needs. Ever since I started this podcast, people always ask me where I'm gambling, who I'm betting on, and I always tell them I am with my bookie. They've got the best odds, contests, promotions in the business, whether you want to do live in-game betting, you want to do money line parlays, you want to do some perhaps some blackjack. Yes, you heard me correctly. Blackjack tournaments, they've truly got it all. The only place that I trust to handle my NBA-related bets, my Premier League-related bets, my NHL-related bets, college basketball, college football, tennis, UFC. It's all there at MyBookie. It's simple. Sign up. Enter the promo code HoopBall. Get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. That's the promo code HoopBall. Get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to MyBookie if you want a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet and you need a little bit of help. Hit up the guys in the HoopBall gaming department and the Wager Pass. Those guys do a great job telling you who they're going to bet on, what they're betting on, and they truly are some pretty smart individuals. Devin heads up that department. So go ahead, hit up the Hoopball Gaming account if you need some help on who you're going to bet on at MyBookie. Bet with the best, bet with my bookie. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, Nico, how much do you pay him? Because he was pretty important to what the Clippers did, and it seemed like he was cooked going into this season, and he became a really valuable 3 and D guy, which is what he was. Um, during his peak in Charlotte and a good passer as well. And he's a tremendous cutter to the hoop. Um, What do you think about bringing Nico Batum back and how much would you give him? Um, The
1: Clippers, the Clippers are in a different spot with Nicholas Batum than they are with Reggie Jackson. Um, Because the Clippers have had Reggie for two seasons now They have a little bit more wiggle room and a little bit more um, money to um, pay Reggie Jackson as far as like having some of his like early bird rights and stuff like that. They don't have that with Nicholas Batum. Um, And if Nicholas Batum gets a big deal out in free agency and a big deal for him. Um, is like what I, a little above the mid level or whatever. Yeah. Um, it'll be very hard to keep him, in my opinion, because I think any team that's trying to do anything positive in the NBA would benefit from having someone with his skill set on the team. He was so important to the Clippers, um, and I think him more than Reggie is is gonna hurt um, if if we lose him. Like, um, I think we can patchwork we can do some stuff uh, along the roster to make up for Reggie Jackson, but um, there's no making up for what Nicholas Batum brought to the team this year. And um, I'd be really sad to see him go. And there's just only so much money we can pay um, Nico Batum. So I'm, I'm really curious to see um, what ends up happening there. I'm hopeful that he, that he's back with the team. Um, Given the fact that, you know, he looked like he had a great year here. Um, He talked about how the Clippers kind of revitalized his faith in his own self as far as like being a basketball player. Um, His wife looked like he she enjoyed um, um, being in L.A. and um yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful he'll return, but he'll have no shortage of title contenders and fringe title contenders looking for his service, and quite a few can offer more than what the Clippers can offer. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's funny you look at the team and Terrence Mann, one point five million guaranteed, Reggie Jackson, two point three, Nick Batum, two point five. I mean, it's wild what the Clippers did with their roster this season and all credit to Lawrence Frank in that front office. It feels like they're going to have to do it again. They're going to have to find the diamond in the rough, the guys that aren't getting the attention that they should be Um, get the guys like Nico Batum And, and they're hard to find. They're really hard to find, but guys that are a little bit older that just aren't getting the look because either they're underutilized or they underperformed last year. So it's going to be a really tough ask um, for the front office. and we' we'll, we'll go more in depth on the roster and, and obviously the draft coming up. Um, I believe in around 20 days or so in free agency right behind um, in a couple days after that. So don't want to go too much more into the roster. We only have a couple more minutes actually, because um, unfortunately we, we got a balance here the uh, the wife and I and trying to get mm-hmm. um, our workouts in and get take care of the kids. So got about five to ten more minutes here. Um, I want to talk about just the season in general, Justin. When you look back at this season, how are you going to remember it? Are you going to remember it as a success? Are you going to remember it as a disappointment or a what could have been? Which of those three?
1: Um, I definitely look at this season as a success and I look at it as something that um, although we lost, I look at it as a healthy building block moving forward Um you and I can just remember countless seasons ending in such catastrophic ways. And while it hurt emotionally more than anything, it's kind of screwed the team up as far as like evaluating how to move forward. Like take for instance, the, um, the, the way we lost to Denver, right? I think I speak for a ton of people when I say the Clippers were the better team in that series, but they lost. And that forced mass upheaval as far as like, A a turnover in coaching staff A turnover in players And like you know that's not healthy For any organization um, Who's trying to compete right Continuity is what matters And so I think um, with the way that we lost this year, while not optimal, it was healthy. It was a it was a healthy, natural way to lose. Yeah. We didn't blow a 3-1 lead. We didn't have a co- massive collapse in the game. Um, we kind of got tired and got fatigued and phased out, and we were too injured, which happens to a lot of good teams. And that's something that you can build on, right? You can go into your offseason and say with good faith that, Um, If we bring back a healthy roster, we do we improve along the margins, we are in great position to win a title. And we have a team that we can tangibly believe in. And that is, that is, that is honestly the biggest and most important takeaway that you could have. And um, from that standpoint, it's been a massive success, I'd say, right, like, Tim Duncan won five rings in like 20, 21 years, right? Winning in the NBA is hard and it does not happen often. So it's more important, in my opinion, that you are constantly and consistently building a team that has a chance to win. And I think after the on the heels of this playoff run, you see that the Clippers have done that. So uh, massive success, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. And I think it. W- I would have said what could have been um, if I were to have answered that question right when the season ended. But you look at how hard it is to win, like you said, and what the Clippers had to deal with, man. I mean, just out of the blue, all of a sudden, the NBA has found dates where there can be a couple of days off in the NBA finals. (laughs) I mean, it's one of the more ridiculous things I've seen, where this team was playing legitimately every single day, or every other day, pardon me, for a month. I mean, you're playing NBA basketball in the playoffs that is way different on your legs than a regular season game. You're not playing as tough of defense in the regular season. You're not playing as hard on the offensive end during the regular season. Playoff basketball is a different beast. And that, that's what's crazy about LeBron James and how he's been able to stay healthy um, for the most part until the most last couple seasons or so, because of the amount of minutes that he's had and the wear and tear on his body during the postseason. And, and for the Clippers to lose Kawhi Leonard and to lose Serge Ibaka And then to lose Zoo, I mean, the Clippers lost three starters, basically. It's obviously two of them don't start at the same time in Ibaka and Zoo, but you lost legitimately two of your top five during the regular season, and you still were able to compete and nearly get to the NBA Finals against a team in Phoenix that, by the way, is pretty good. Uh, I mean they won the second most amount of games in the Eastern or rather in the Western Conference and they're up 2 games to none against Milwaukee and Giannis has been a positive in the plus minus in both games. So this is a good Phoenix team. The Clippers just weren't healthy when it mattered. They played too many games and there's only so much you can ask of the human body to play that many minutes and for Paul George he just got exhausted Reggie Jackson had two of his worst three sh- uh, shooting performances in the two of the final three games um, of the playoffs so these guys just got tired so I think all things considered like you said with the process and it's not a thing with last year where you look at Doc Rivers and said damn man you play Zoo over Montrez Harrell and we're in the next round there's none of those, if you play X over Y, we're in the next round with this team. Because clearly guys like Batum, who we would have played more, um, who we would have wanted to play more, were hurt. And Marcus Morris was playing hurt. I mean, I just named five different guys that were hurt on this team that were either out or playing through injuries. And for them to get as close as they did to the NBA Finals, it's success in my opinion.
1: No, I, I, I 100% agree with you, and especially the part about the Phoenix Suns, right? Like, they're up 2-0 at the time of this recording. It yeah. looks like they'll probably win the title, and the Clippers pushed them to six, even without um, Kawhi Leonard um, and without Zo for the latter part of that series. And um, if game two goes a different way, if Game Four goes a different way, they may be in the finals even without Kawhi, yeah. and that just goes along. That just goes a long way to show you just how good this team was this year, and how much of a success this season was. So. Um, Phoenix is a really good team, but I think the Clippers will come into next season probably better than the NBA champions. And that's a good place to start um, if you're trying to win a title for next season. So um, a, a lot to be optimistic about. It doesn't mean that the Clippers front office um won't get to work and this team will definitely look different because that's the nature of the NBA roster turnover is is even even if it's minor it's it's a constant but um I think they have the DNA in place and I'm optimistic about what's to come.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to actually go and prognosticate what the roster is going to look like. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend what the Clippers team will look like if Kawhi Leonard decides to leave, which we both don't think is going to happen, and if the Clippers decide to somehow trade Patrick Beverly, for example, I mean it's really hard to figure out what this team will look like. So I'm not even going to waste time trying to figure out what could and couldn't happen because, frankly, we have no idea, um, and we just don't know who's healthy, who's going to be a free agent, who's going to be restricted for I mean who's going to actually sign. So it's it's not worth it in my opinion. Um, but with this team. What's interesting is that it it was hard to kind of enjoy in the moment at times because they were playing so often, Justin. It's felt very hard to actually sit back and enjoy what this season was when you're playing every other day. Did you get that feeling at all? Because it really felt like a whirlwind and that you can't sit back and say, damn, man, that was one of my favorite teams to watch because it was so stressful And it was coming at you so quickly. Did you get that feeling at all?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. Um, You know, it's – I think we it felt like we were playing every other day for like three consecutive series it felt like. Yeah. And and um it's very hard in the moment to kind of appreciate and digest just what's going on and I'm sure it felt that way for the players too. Um the schedule didn't do us any favors but um I think now that the season is over you can kind of like relax and kind of digest just exactly um, what the team was able to accomplish. And it was historic. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it really was. And it's funny because um, I saw Brian from the Clipset pod posted a tweet and said that this is, I believe, his favorite team ever. And I, when he posted that, I was trying to think back to um, old Clippers teams. And I still think that one of my favorite teams, and I don't think it was as obviously it wasn't as good as this team. Um, But I'm not sure where it ranks. Is the team with Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson and just the amount of fun that those guys had, Elton Brand. um, It's hard to kind of figure out what qualifies as your favorite team. Is it the success? Is it the fun watching them? I think there are different levels of fun with this team because there's the fun of winning. And there's the fun of the never give up attitude with this Clippers team. And I saw, I believe it was your brother that posted um, about the game that really showed about the Clippers was their win over the Hawks when they came back from a a down 20 or so. And it's one of those things where you have a team that's easy to root for when they don't give up and they fight. And that's what this Clippers team was. I mean, you're down Kawhi Leonard, PG says, whatever, man, we're going to come back. And you're down 19, I believe it was, against Dallas. Um and the Clippers said, you know what? Screw it. We're gonna come back. We're gonna win. So in terms of the having fun on the court, I think it was closer to that Corey McGetty, Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson team. But having fun and winning and never giving up, I think it was this team. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um I would say that like this is definitely my favorite team of all time, just because of the things that like you mentioned. Um This team showed incredible character um, that I don't think was apparent in any other iteration of the Clippers. Um, They basically went from a team and an organization that's known for choking— to a team that's been one of the more resilient um teams of all time, right? Like they literally were the first team ever to come back from multiple O2 deficits in a postseason run and almost did it like three consecutive times. And they were doing they were doing that and they were showing that DNA all year. And for me, that's why they're the they're my favorite team um as far as like clippers are concerned. And obviously the success Um, plays a part, but like, you know, I've never seen Staples Center the way it was game six against Utah. You know what I mean? Um, I've never seen a team like whether it was against Atlanta or whether it was in Detroit without Kawhi and without Paul George or whether it was against the Miami Heat without Kawhi and without Paul George show the amount of fight that they were able to display all year. And so for me, that's why this team is my favorite because they – really showed a level of metal and a level, a level of mental um, fortitude that I just was accustomed to not seeing when it came, when it came to a, a Clipper team. So um, I, that that's something that I particularly enjoyed. They never let go of the rope.
0: Yeah, it, it was a fun season, man. And I'm very grateful to having the Clippers in my life and how well they performed and just a team that succeeds and what balmer has done with this team is truly incredible and really thankful for having you on this podcast man Uh, it really has been a pleasure to have you on as often as i have you are one of the best minds when it comes to hoops in my opinion a great follow a great person as well so a big thank you obviously we'll be having you on throughout the off season but just wanted to thank you for coming on this show as often as you did and uh, lending your knowledge on this podcast
1: no, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate it. Uh it was a fun season to cover the Clippers with you. And um I look forward to um developments that are happening off season, you know? We've got um coaching staff turnover, which means that somebody's gotta take their places. We got the draft and um I, the the Clippers front office is aggressive, so Um, You never know, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's going to be a ride this offseason regardless.
0: Cool. Well, uh, we'll obviously be following your stuff at LA Clippers Film on Twitter. Justin Wilson. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. A big thank you once again to Justin Wilson for hopping on. Before we say goodbye, folks, got to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. If you have not gotten the new Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, what are you waiting for? Their lawnmower 4.0 in the ultra smooth package, perfect gifts no matter what. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. You are trying to improve your grooming game below the belt? Manscaped is the place to go. Their 7,000 RPM tripper trimmer features skin-safe technology to keep. Your balls in check. Help produce n- ma- manscaping accidents around the world. Those nicks and cuts that you always get, whether you're trying to use scissors or something else. I know you're scared to use something down there. Do not be scared to use the lawnmower 4.0. Gives you ability to turn on that LED spotlight on and off whenever you need a more precise shave. shave and of course, additional guard lengths with sizes one to four to let you trim to your liking. Blown away by their performance. Go ahead, join the crew, get 20% off and free shipping with a go to HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. All right, so coming up, of course, we've got the NBA Finals still going on. After that, we will see the NBA draft. So the Clippers, by the way, will have a pick in the 2021 NBA draft. And so for the Clippers, it's important to realize that When everyone says they don't have picks the next seven or eight years, that's not true at all, by the way. The Clippers have a pick swap with several different teams. Oklahoma City, actually, is the team that they have a pick swap with um, every other year. And so they still have their pick, though. They just can't trade that pick. They'll have the number 25 pick in this year's draft. And so we will obviously break down that pick after it occurs as the 2021 NBA draft is in just over two and a half weeks. July 29th is when the draft is. And then a couple of days after that is when free agency begins. So we'll have a podcast. We're going to aim to try and get you a podcast once per week to break down what's going on in Clipper Nation. Of course, you've got the assistant coaches leaving. So new coaches are going to have to come in. We'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about free agency. So there still is a lot of the NBA to get through, of course, throughout the offseason. And we really do appreciate you sticking with this podcast I know it's been a crazy year, of course, with COVID, and then of course with me having a baby. So things have been obviously crazy in terms of taping. Um, but a big thank you to everyone that has stuck with us through this entire season and what was really a nice season. And for the Clippers to reach their first ever Western Conference Finals was quite the accomplishment. And uh, I'm thankful to have everybody along for the ride. You can always follow me on Twitter at bdmarcus. The Twitter account for the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast is at hoop ball clips. Go ahead, hit me up, BD Marcus say hello, say what guests you want to have on. Of course, we'll bring back our old friends um, throughout the off season as we'll have more time to try and schedule stuff. Um, While beat writers, of course, are not on the road all the time where they've got crazy schedules. So it should be easier to get people like our friends, Andrew Greif, our friend Law Murray, should be able to get more friends on the podcast, Sabrina, Miriam, lots of people that we'll have on throughout the off season. So until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus. Enjoy your off-season. Of course, as always, go Clips. This has been a HoopBall presentation.